welcome to the Learning Can't Wait podcast, an iTutor production. At iTutor, our vision is to ensure every child has access to education, regardless of circumstance. Each episode, we will be joined by pathfinders within and around the education space who are bringing about transformational change on behalf of deserving students. I am your host, Haley Spiravauer. So we are back today with the Learning Can't Wait podcast with someone I consider both a colleague, a friend, and honestly, one of the most impactful people I have ever met in my life, Marnay Grant. Welcome, Marnay. Hey, Haley. Hey, excited to be here. When I say colleague, in the literal sense, I mean someone I work with at itutor.com. Why don't you tell everybody it's just past your one-year anniversary. What it is you do with the iTutor team? Yeah, yeah. We just, uh, yeah, we just realized that because it's been quite a year that has passed. So yeah, I've been here for about a year. Um, the role of director of recruitment for our educators. We've been doing a lot o- over the, l- the last past year. So I had the, the honor and pleasure, privilege, all, all of that to build out a really, really cool recruitment team and the uh, recruitment strategies and how we get our awesome educators on our platform and in assignments, impacting kids all across the uh, nation. And so over the, the, the last best past year, we've implemented and developed some really cool systems. We grew from a team of two to a, two, to a team of about six. And uh, yeah, just been rocking and rolling for for the, the, the last past year. We are extremely excited about this next year you know folks have you know gotten gotten uh some wind under their wings kind of really figuring out like things that that are are working and so like we're definitely up up to the challenge to getting the best and the brightest educators on on our platform and and teaching kids i love that you always shine on your team it's one of the things that makes you an exceptional leader i think i'm going to put a pin in the topic of what your team does which i'm going to name right now specific kind of recruiting called high volume recruiting. It is not for the faint of heart, but there's a lot of history that leads to how you and your team have built this kind of mechanism for high volume recruiting that we will get to a little bit later in the episode. Yep. Excited about that. Let's like look back. Let's go back in time a bit. You are such, you have such an interesting history in and around education um, you are a recruiter's recruiter. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how recruitment became your path? So it kind of chose, it's kind of one of those things that kind of chose me. I really didn't choose it. So how I, how I led into like education, specifically re- recruiting teachers, really there, there are two big influences for, for me. One, a mentor who happened to be my college roommate's uncle, who was a, a principal at a high school. And I had the privilege and honor of being a mentor to high school students after I gained like my first quote unquote real job after college. My barber, who became my roommate, started talking to us about his uncle, who was kind of like his mentor, big brother, someone that he like really looked up to. So he would come come around to our apartment probably like a week, every week, every other week. And just like always, he's like one of the first people I can remember that always, and I mean literally always, just talked about the joy of teaching, education, why 
why it, it was important and was steadily, even before like we earned our degrees, was steadily recruiting us to become teachers at that particular time, did not think or uh, did not want to hear about education. I had my eye on the prize of, you know, joining a corporate organization, making a ton of money and, you know, just kind of like that, that whole that whole path. So fast forward some years later, actually was in a cubicle in a pretty large uh, corporate or- organization. And um, got an opportunity to join the organization's mentoring program. Absolutely loved it. Every Tuesday, I got the afternoon to mentor and tutor high school students. And I just found myself like really, I found out things about myself that I really enjoyed working with youth. I saw myself and a lot of the students that I was uh, working with and just made like a, a really huge connection. Eventually, I found myself uh, tutoring and mentoring more than I was actually doing my, my, my real job. And I really had to had to like think about this. Like, what what, what does this mean? And it so fine for sure. Yeah, it, 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 it surely was because here, here's what happened. Uh, fast forward. I was in that place in my life. It was like really a crossroad. I had to make a decision. I wasn't loving what I was doing. Um, I knew I really liked being involved with, with students and in and, youth. And, and, and I quit my job. And uh, in my search of like figuring this out, my roommate's uncle just gave me a call like out of the blue. Hadn't talked to him probably by about a good year or so. Just called me like out of the blue. And honestly, just to like check in on me. And we started talking. I told him like where I was at. And he's like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm just like, well, I'm unemployed, so nothing. So he's like, well, come on by. Come on by to school. Uh, I just, just want to see, um, want you to see some things that we are doing. And just like, just hang out. Talk to a few students. Just hang out. It's going to be a cool day. So I go, I go there that day i was only supposed to be there for like an hour and spent like the whole day there and just high school the way he led the way the kid you know gravitated to him the energy that he had like in the culture he had developed in in that school was something like totally different than my high school um experience and i knew right then like i wanted to be a part of that some way like somehow so the very next day i called him back was like hey um, I don't have a teaching license, like, but like, I want to do this. Like, what should I do? He said, I'll give you a call back in like about 10 minutes. 10 minutes later, he called me back and said, hey, I need you to go down to the Department of Education, talk to this person. We're going to get you set up to be a substitute teacher. And pretty much the rest was history. Wow. I, you know, it's these moments when you hear about people who were so incredibly transformative in helping you figure out your future path that it gives you like faith in humanity, or at least it gives me Absolutely. faith in humanity. Are you still in touch with your roommate's uncle? Yeah, 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 yeah. I talk to him every once in a while. He has obviously moved from the school, but like still in uh, education for sure. That's incredible. So. Yeah. Thanks to that person, now you're on the other side of the coin, not in the classroom necessarily, but making sure that the best possible teachers are in the classroom. So in your mind, what makes a great teacher? Did you have one that had another transformative impact on you through your tenure in school? I did. I did. And I'm glad you asked that question because this is the, she's kind of like the bar and I guess like, like the scale in which I look at to find like awesome teachers. So believe it or not, my 10th great French teacher, Mrs. Coleman, had a profound impact on me. She was, I mean, just like the epitome of like elegance and grace, talking about a 
teacher that just like uh, walked in a way and like uh, supported students in a way that was like truly like empathetic and like uh, understanding like where the, what their backgrounds are, what their needs were. Um, and like she was really ambitious to the point it became infectious. Uh, th that ambition became infectious in her classroom where you wanted to do more and be more because of the way like she carried her herself. And so all of that, and she led a college tour program every single year where she took about like 100 of us, I think it was 50, 100 of us to different historically black colleges in, in the South. And so we, we did this every single year of my ninth through 12th grade years and during spring break. So I tell folks all the time, she I attributed that experience to her because the first time I ever stepped foot on a college campus was because of her. The thought about going to college was honestly because of her. And so like those experiences really gave me the confidence and the will to, to go to college, finish, and here I am today. Well, Mrs. Coleman also deserves a hearty thanks for what sounds like being an absolutely incredible, inspiring teacher for not just you, but hundreds and probably oh, yeah. thousands of other children uh, where you grew up. That's, you know, when we think about great teachers and we think about, you know, the crisis of educator uh, shortages today, it's even more of a challenge to support teachers so they can be their best selves, so they can be the Mrs. Coleman's in this really difficult, challenging environment. And being a teacher recruiter means that you sometimes have to be able to recognize that talent, that personality, that fortitude before it's fully realized. Yeah, that that's so important. I've been asked this question before and I tell folks all the time. I think being in the classroom and like having spent some time in education before I decided to find great teachers definitely helped. I don't necessarily think you need to be a teacher, but I think you have to understand a couple of things. One, what is the landscape of education right now and what teachers are facing? Like, I think it's important to be able to, to speak the, uh, to talk the talk, right? And really understand understand like what teachers are going through and like what, what they are, are are faced with. I, I challenge folks all the time with the question that, that you asked me also like thinking about that because we all have one, right? Who was that that one teacher? And some of us are lucky enough that, that, there, that there's uh, more than one, but who is that one teacher that inspired you the most? I think thinking about those qualities and those type of teachers is what you look for as a, a teacher recruiter right like and I think also too like I know I knew like what I I was really good at understanding the backgrounds of my students and really able to like build re relationships so I think about like those things that like made me successful in the classroom or even like impacted my my students those are the type of things like, like when I'm at a career fair or like I'm on a phone those are the type of things that I'm trying to like assess for and sometimes you can automatically like pick up on it but sometimes you kind of have to like dig deep because sometimes there's many times I could tell you when I've talked to folks that had not even thought about teaching as a career field and today they're in classrooms and so just being able to, to, to recognize like the the teacher inside them I think is is, is important. Now, this is obviously a gift of yours. I think anyone who knows you would attest to that fact. And you also have put in the time. I promised I wouldn't age you on the podcast here today. But exactly. you've, been doing, <laughs> you've been doing all types of recruitment for some time now. And so what would you say 
given the current landscape of education and your experience in recruitment is most important right, as a characteristic for a teacher recruiter? I think what, what we're, where we're at now, like I think you have to have a, a hunter's mentality. What do I mean by that is because one, teacher recruitment is highly competitive. Like all schools are looking for great talent. Um, and so like we're all after the, the, the same talent. And so you have to really be able to look for a diamond in the rough and a needle in, in a haystack like m- many times, but also understand and be creative about where you're you're looking at and so always is having your your uh your antennas up for opportunities of like who may make a great teacher or like what event should i go to where some there may be teachers or folks that have the qualities that could develop into a really great great teacher i think besides those also honestly like i think the root at my success as a teacher recruiter is just the ability to build really great relationships. If I recruited you into a teaching role to be a a tutor or a teaching residency, whether you started those opportunities right after our conversation or a year or two later, it really didn't matter to me. It really mattered to me that we first had rapport and like we built a, a strong relationship because eventually folks will come around like Obviously, like I want folks to like get in the classroom like as soon as possible. But I'm also cognizant of like right now may not be the right time for everyone. But I don't think like you should ever give give up on a candidate, a lead, or a prospect that is showing teacher quality. So I think like I've been like really, really creative and like strategic about the way I follow up outreach that happens and just really continue like build and nurturing that relationship to really build a really strong t- teacher network and pipeline. Yeah, you know. Secretary Cardona spoke at Bank Street College a few weeks ago and said that Americans shouldn't be surprised by the teacher shortage. So let's touch on the big elephant in the room for a second. There are estimates that 80% of teachers are feeling burnt out right now, that 50% of teachers are considering leaving the workforce in a matter of days. And actually, I believe some schools have started already for the 2022-23 school year. Schools are really going to be hitting the wall with their teacher recruitment efforts as kids return to the classroom. So, first of all, as a teacher recruiter, how are you feeling about this? I mean, I think he's right. Like, I think that we've we've known that there's been a teacher shortage for for quite some time and and continue to face some of the, the same the same dilemmas. So like, it's not a surprise. One of the things that that makes me feel good about the work that I do and the team that I do it with is that we've been able to see an increase in the number of teachers that we've been able to bring here to uh, iTutor over the last past year, right? I think also too, a lot of school districts uh, and a lot of programs are beginning to be more strategic in the way they develop models that's going to be more supportive to teachers as well as like new teachers. So like I continue to like find a lot of joy in reading about like how school districts and programs are looking to be just more supportive and like how, how, what the incentives looks like, because honestly, the teacher pay is an issue, right? But I, I, I don't think like it's just that. Like you sent me an article earlier today that I, I thought was outstanding about what they're doing in uh, Arizona around their their teacher shortage and really getting down to the to, to the nitty gritty of the root of the problem. And it's around um, the workforce 
structure of like how they're bringing teachers in, how they're su su supporting them and looking at longevity to make sure we're retaining the right type of talent to decrease the uh, the deficit of a uh, teacher. So I think like it, it's a, a it's a lot of that thought work that has to go go, go into place and, and come to fruition. And um, I've seen that a lot with a, a, a lot of districts and a lot of leaders are recognizing that and looking to partner to help find like, better resources to, to support greater teacher pipelines. There is a superintendent in Texas of this county called Ector County. His name is Scott Murray, and he is someone that, for our listeners, if you're not following the work he's doing in Texas, I highly recommend you look it up, but they're increasing pay. They have programs to support teacher pipelines and talent. They are doing this mentorship that you're speaking about, Marnay, because you're right. It's not just about each isolated item. It's not just about finding the good teacher. It's not just about paying them a competitive salary or a, you know a living wage, right? In some places, it's barely making folks barely making ends meet and we can have a whole separate conversation about the, the yeah. way that teachers have to support their income because they're not making enough but I think it's many of the pieces you're naming together it's like a comprehensive environment we have to look at no I totally agree I totally agree. I, I think I, I don't think it's just like one thing. I, mean, I think it's a collective effort, not only as us as like teacher recruiters, leaders in e education, but also like the, the community as well. Like I think it's all these things that, that I think they can shape and change the narrative about why we need good teachers and why folks should become teachers. So let's talk a little bit now about teachers of color. We know in our country, there's a ton of research around students of color seeing people that look like them in front of classrooms. Absolutely. We know the impact on the social emotional well-being of our students, the academic success of our students. How, if you were to evaluate as a whole our country's ability to build a pipeline and recruit teachers of color, how would you say we're doing? Yeah, here's what, what I'll say. I I believe that we are, we continue to take the right steps for it to make progress. However, I, I know that there's still a ton of work that has to be done. And we know the stats, only about 20% of uh, all educators in the U.S. identify as uh, people of color. And that's compared to more than half of the students, right? And so there's many great programs. I, I do want to emphasize that there's many great programs at the collegiate level, at the nonprofit level that are that, that are solely focused like on this work. I think of uh, I think of organizations like Call Me Mister, Latinos for e Education, just to name a few that are doing amazing work to help uh, help th this issue. I think we're I think we're focused on just the recruitment e efforts, kind of like the what, what I was saying before, rather than the some of the the, the root cause. Like understand one hundred percent, like there needs to be some type of in, investment there. Understand what one hundred percent that we we could do a lot better at marketing and getting folks in, in, um, encouraged and, and, and excited about teaching earlier. But what I think the real one of the real things that would impact and change this narrative is about the quality of education that we're providing with our, our students. The, re the reason why I say that, I remember, and I always like, like to tell this story, a few years ago, I was uh, I was involved at, at a conference to talk just about this. And one of the one of the students that, uh, I think it was like, like a junior, or junior or senior at, at, at the time, raised his hand and asked, asked a, a really impactful question that I, I always carry in, in the back of my mind. He asked, um, 
why why would I go back into a traumatic situation that I made it out of? And I just rather really, really like think about that because it it, it, it kind of rocked me to to my core. We are asking underserved students to go back into situations that were not, let's just be honest, that were not great for them K through 12, right? And I think until we really like recognize that and figure out ways to change the narrative around what education is, what teaching like really is, I think we'll do a better job at attracting the diversity that we want to see inside the school. So I, I think it's twofold. I think it's about it's, it's about us elevating the, the service and the quality of education and, and then also making the, the right investment to promote teaching as one a viable way to make to make an income, a great way to leave impact on your community and also just doing a better job of like highlighting the joys of education. Yes, yes, teaching is like extremely hard. 100% probably the hardest, hardest profession out there. But I tell you what, you talk to teachers that, that that have been doing this for a while and like really enjoyed doing this. I'm sure that they, I know I'm not sure I know that there's some stories that they can tell you where it was it was, if it wasn't for the joy that they found and the impact on, on, on their students that they wouldn't be here. So I think more stories like that you just have to be told. That's really profound. And what I love about your answer to this question is that you are identifying root causes and not just looking at quick fixes, which with any problem you try to solve, quick fixes aren't going to have longevity. So there's a real, you're you're obviously demonstrating a, a true understanding of how we could reform education and teaching so that we can attract the types of teachers that we know have the greatest impact for students that are very deserving. Absolutely. Ah, I leave every conversation with you feeling better about the state of the world. <laughs> and I hope that folks that no are pressure. listening feel that way too, because, you know, it's, it, this is especially today after the past two and a half years of pure crisis in mm-hmm. our schools that is not over, and and it's crisis on top of crisis in many cases, we're talking about the future of our world, the future of our society. As trite as it sounds, our students are our future. So if we're not investing the top, most brilliant talent who care deeply about youth in our classrooms, we really have our eye on the wrong, on the wrong thing right now. Agreed, 100%. So, Marnay, can you tell tell us all a little bit about what it has been like building a building out a teacher recruitment department at iTutor? Yeah, yeah, I can talk about this all day. It's been the hardest, amazing, uh, challenging, rewarding, fun experience probably of my career so so far. So, just having the you know to be honest, like just having the autonomy to find really great people and really build something with awesome and talented people. I hope everyone in their career gets an opportunity to be able to to do so. I think I've grown a lot as a leader over the last year in probably ways. I'll I'll go ahead and say like probably ways I would have not if I would not have been here with with iTutor and like afforded the this opportunity. I get a chance to work with some brilliant people every day who really push forward uh, the status quo of like what it means to recruit 
great teacher. Every day I wake up to uh, Slack messages, text messages about ideas of how what we could be doing better. Like, what would it take to implement this? And so, you know, working with, with folks with that level of dedication is like extremely rewarding and, 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 and like fulfilling. And I would say like keeps me on, on my toes to be a, a really great and a, a supportive leader. Love a little shine in their direction. Love a lot of shine in your journey here, developing that team. How has the work and the effort that you all have invested really transformed what teacher recruitment is at iTutor? Can you give a little evolution too of this topic of high volume recruitment and how your team is achieving that? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, again, I started out with a team of two and really kind of just looked at where the goals of the organization were last year and like how we needed to deliver the, the best and brightest teachers. I think quickly we thought of like, you know, thinking about like, high volume and like we we don't need like one or two we need like a hundred or two <laughs> but within like a couple months and like really first is like thinking about how do we how do we get this opportunity out into the right networks into the atmosphere because you know it's a it's an awesome opportunity for educators to earn supplemental income it's an awesome time for educators to be teaching virtually as well and so like we, we really just wanted to get it out, get the, our opportunities out as quick as, quickly um, as possible. And so that kind of led me to hire and like build build a team that included a marketing engagement specialist on our team. And so I found a person that was like just awesome, like really a strong marketing background that really talked us through and brought great ideas in the way that we leverage social media, the, the way we leverage email outreach, as well as the different conferences, events, and things like that that we should appear at. One of the things I think like what helped us a lot also is like, we, we really just like stepped outside the box and like we weren't confined in like traditional recruitment methods. Like we wanted to praise our educators, one, whether they were interested or or, or not because we all find, have found joy in the profession of education in some type of way. And so like we really thought about the way that we can uh, de deliver high caliber events that would attract folks, um, whether they were interested or not. Like we would love for, you know, an educator to go back into a into the school the very next day and talk about a virtual event that, that, that they went to that, you know, in uh, an organization that, that that was hiring at a pretty lucrative uh hourly rate as a supplemental opportunity. I think like that started, we started doing these and testing these things out in like last September and really kind of found our stride by like early no, no, November and kind of continued on in that path throughout the the course of the, the, the last uh, school year, as well as developing and uh, also hiring four, four other individuals with specific uh, focuses in their recruitment efforts. And so uh, we brought on board someone that was really versed in like analytics that really paid attention to and gave advisement on like where our performance was and like where, where we needed to like tweak. Uh, we brought someone on that had a, a lot of experience at like hiring folks and like developing and putting, putting on events um, at as well. And then also we brought on someone that had experiences with like building and like managing processes. And so everyone had like a really specific focus with the shared work in the in the uh, recruitment function. So it, it kind of worked out for us. We were able to go to what uh, last August 
September, I, I guess it would be a better number. Last September, we may have onboarded like 50 folks. By the time we got around to like, what, January, February, we were looking at somewhere around 100. And so we, we scaled up like pre- pretty fast and like have re- remained like pretty consistent at that, at that level throughout. I'm not going to lie. When I first took on supportive <laughs> recruitment before we hired you, Marnay, uh, to join the company, before we even knew Marnay was in the world, I literally Googled what is high volume recruitment? <laughs> How do you do the thing? And then thankfully, Marnay came and told us and showed us and found a great team to do the thing. Um, and I believe one of your recent numbers was around 150 teachers joining in one of the four-week spans that we had as well. So like averaging around a hundred um, and prior, prior, you know, it had fluctuated as well. So just pretty impressed with, you know, and these are your words, not mine. So forgive me for kind of no, you're fine. Them, but the grit and hustle of those folks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know you're really proud of them. I know you're really proud of everything that y'all have c- committed and, and the outcomes you've had. Uh, what would you say are some of the other qualities now that I just stole two of yours that describe yeah. your team? <laughs> Definitely those at the forefront, but just the level of like dedication and the the attitude of like never settle, never settling in like good good is is not enough. As you, I mean, you you mentioned it at the beginning. Like this is not for the faint of heart, and so like to see folks like ride this very <laughs> rocky ride for the last past year, um, just like speaks to like their their level of like dedication. And then on top of that, the the uh, just their need to like figure out better ways for us to perform, figure out better resources that we can help support our educators with. And so that just in, in, a, in, in itself is like inspiring to, to me. And I mean, it, it, it's really it's really cool to see in, in, in action and it, it makes the work fun, even though it, it is difficult. So not entirely changing gears, but Ooh. on a related note, iTutor hangs its hat. On, on, on contracting and employing state certified teachers. But that's all about to change. So can yeah. you share with the world why it is that iTutor and the iTutor recruitment team is now going to be recruiting tutors in addition to state certified teachers? I can't. And I'm excited about this, to be honest. I, I think it, it does a couple things. One, it allows us to be competitive in the ed tech and tutoring market in, in, in that space. And then, I mean, obviously, like it allows us to provide more impact to students and in, in schools. But what, what really excites me beyond that is now this provides an opportunity in some, somewhat of like a step, step stepping stone opportunity for folks that, that have been thinking about getting into education. And it really creates a, if you think about it, like a pathway into teaching, right? And so like now that we have like opened up the opportunity for folks that may not have a, a teaching certification, but have been educators in different spaces, right? Maybe they have been like mentors like me and just volunteering, doing like homework help and things like that. Maybe they, they have worked at like daycare centers and like have like have a lot of engagement with students. Maybe they're a college student that is thinking about education and tutors on, on, 
on campus, right? And so, like, we identify educators in many different spaces and, like, platforms, and, like, I'm really excited that now we're going to be able to, like, use that talent to expand our reach in schools all across the nation. And so um, I'm looking forward to seeing, like, how this level of recruitment translate into folks, like, going and getting that certification, becoming state certified educators. And maybe they teach with uh, iTutor, but maybe they actually go into, like, brick and mortars to like in, in impact students as well like I, I just think like there's a lot of possibility with like what we're doing and how we support tutors in in our pipeline so marnay it makes me think about your roommate's uncle exactly. who found you and cultivated this passion that you didn't even realize you had burning inside of you to teach and eventually support teachers so it's, it's like a payback moment a little bit here a little bit, right? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Does this does this college roommate's uncle have like a nickname or name where we could just shout them out and tell them? John Stevens. John, John Stevens. Stevens. John Stevens. Look at this. Look at what your impact has been on now the work that's happening here at iTutor to allow folks that don't have that degree yet. Exactly. Help kids. Incredible. Incredible. So, Marnay, a closing question for you. You've told us a lot about teacher recruitment, your journey in education, what you think are some of the characteristics that are most vital to recruiting teachers and what matters most for teachers and and recruiting teachers of color. Curious for you, what advice you would give someone who is starting out in teacher recruiting today? Yeah, for sure. Three things. Uh, Number one, you absolutely have to understand your why and your purpose and wanting to dive into this career, right? For a couple of reasons. One, you you will, I guarantee that you will have a lot of naysayers and folks that will not believe in the state of education right now, that do not believe in teachers right now. And you're going to have to be a really, really strong advocate for uh, to combat that and be able to share your your why. And I think like if you don't lean in into that, like things like that can be can become discouraging and could um, you, you won't see the success that, that, that I'm sure folks are looking to have as they're becoming a, a teacher re- recruiter. And so I think the, the, the reward, the biggest reward is like really understanding and like being strong and like your your why and your purpose and knowing that and being able to like speak to that as you are trying to convert someone that you see some teaching abilities into becoming a teacher and folks that are, are considering teaching as well. Again, like I, I talked about it earlier, like teacher recruitment right now is like highly, highly, highly competitive. And so I think you need to be creative and thinking about like, how do you set yourself apart from like other recruiters, because that 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 is the way that you're going to attract talent as well as like build those relationships I was talking about. I think like the third thing is always be thinking about what what does this what does this opportunity set you up for next? Because I think those are that is the thing that will continually give you that motivation to be excellent at recruiting, being creative in in your uh, approach and being able to just uh, develop into like what you want to do next. Maybe that's like leading a recruitment team. Maybe that's going into other like nonprofit work. I've I've seen folks like use this, use a a recruiting role as a platform and have uh, advanced into like uh, executive director position. So like the sky's the the, the limit. I think like having, uh, being really clear 
and understanding like those two three things is I is what I believe will help you be successful as a teacher recruiter. There are so many pieces of wisdom you have shared here on the podcast today that now the world gets to hear. Marnay, thank you so much for being a guest on the Learning Can't Wait podcast. No, thank you for having me. Excited to uh, excited to t- talk a, a little bit about my, my journey. I hope it's impactful and will help some someone else. Uh, I definitely like just love w- w- what I'm doing, but most of all, who I'm, who I'm doing it with. And so th- th- this is definitely a great opportunity. Thank you so much for having me. Marnie, a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine, I should say. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Learning Can't Wait podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share this episode. Be the first to know when we have a new episode by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have a suggestion for an episode, email us at podcast at itutor.com. This episode has been brought to you by itutor.com. Love the Learning Can't Wait podcast? Here's your chance to participate in a live recording of an upcoming episode. On August 18th, Demystifying Back to School 2022 will showcase panelists Dr. Baron Davis, Superintendent of Richland 2 School District, Kevin Lohela, Regional Superintendent of Achievement First Charter Network, Jeffrey Palladino, Principal at Fannie Lou Freedom High School, and more. Interact with the panelists and get a chance to have your questions answered at the live event. Visit itutor.com slash livepod to save your seat today. That's itutor.com slash livepod.